Welcome everyone to today's Ove Torah Paralabanon Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Daf Kuf Chav Chet 128 in Mesechet Shabbat. Perik Befanin. We are starting from the exact top of the page this time. One of the rarities that we're actually starting at the top of the page. It'll come again soon. Says the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah. We said you're not allowed to take out Tevel. Tevel is, like we said many times, Tevel is fruit that nothing has been separated from. Obviously you cannot take out Tevel. Tevel has no use. You can't use it on Shabbat. We're talking about Tevel, talking about produce that only needs Maaser Midrabanan. And therefore the Tevel is only Midrabanan, Midraraita, it would not need Tiruma at all. And therefore, one might have thunk that since it's okay midoraita to eat as is, <coughs> maybe it wouldn't be mukse. Uh The example they're bringing is a case where you plant something in a planter with no hole <coughs> in the bottom. We call that atzit she'enra naku, being that there's no hole on the bottom, midoraita. It would not need tinuma, and therefore it's not tevel deoraita. Says the Gemara further, you can't move maaser ishon if you didn't take tinuma maaser off it. Ask my pshita, of course, if you can't, you can't move it. Obviously, it's mukzeh. There's no use for it. The case was that the that the person in the field. Already gave Maaser Rishon before he took off Tiruma. Right? Already in the Kedi, he took Maaser and he didn't take Tiruma Gidula. And what does that mean? Mahu You might have thunk that we should follow what Rapapa told Abaye that not only if you separate it bishibulim, like we said, but maybe even if you separate it in the keri, you should be patur from tirumagidulah when you do that. Kamash malan comes to teach you like Abaya answered that only it only works in the shibulim and not and not in the keri, two different stages of pre bringing it into the house. Uh, incidentally, we originally thought that shalonet means you didn't take tirumat maaser. In the end of the Gemara, that we're talking about the keri, we're talking about he didn't separate tirumat gidola, uh, and that's what we meant. Okay, and we would have thought that maybe it's okay, like our papa, we uh, we hold like a buy in the end. Of course, Pshita, of course, if you didn't separate, if you didn't uh, redeem it, you should, of course, not, not be allowed to. You should not be allowed to do anything with it. Says the Gemara, no. I did redeem them, but I didn't redeem them the right way. What does that mean? Maaser has a rule that you have to when you 
when you switch it to money, it has to be actual money that was made into a coin. In the olden days, often people would use an asimon. Asimon is a coin that the value of the coin is based on the precious metal in the coin. And not it doesn't even have anything stamped into the coin. In the olden days when you made money, there was you would stamp the likeness of a Caesar or some king into the coin. And then the government would back the money. And the Asimon is not government backed. It's simply uh, a coin that is used, you use its value in silver with nothing on it. The rule is that you must use a coin from Maaseh Shani that has an actual picture on it. The Pasuk says, and you, and you tzorat the, the money in your hand. Tzarta comes from the word tzura, which means a figure, and therefore it has to be an actual coin and not an asimon with no figure on it, no, no likeliness on it. And when it comes to hekdesh, there is no rule that it has to be podeh onto a coin that, with a figure, but there is a rule that you can't do it on land. The case was by the Hekdesh that you didn't redeem properly. We're talking about Hekdesh that you did not, that you, that you redeemed it onto land, which you're not allowed to do. And the Torah, because the Torah says, You give the money and it goes to you, not the field. Money and not the field. And therefore, both cases, the Chidush is that even though, that they, even though they were redeemed, they weren't redeemed properly. We said, Luf are small little seeds that are fed to certain types of ravens. Ravens are not edible birds much, but they are cool to watch, and therefore certain um, princes used to raise, raise ravens and feed them loof. The Gemara says, there's a machlok between Tanakaman and Rashbag whether you could have loof. Tanur Rabbanan or they can move loof on Shabbat. Tanur Rabbanan to the Brayta. You're allowed to move chatzav uh, because it's a good food for the tzvaim for for deer. Chadal, you can move mustard. It's good. It's good food, even though you can't eat it. Mustard uh, with before it's ground into mustard powder is not edible. But you could feed it to a pigeon and therefore it can be moved on Shabbat. And Rashbak says, You're allowed to move broken pieces of glass because ostriches eat broken pieces of glass. It's good for the digestion system. So you should be able to move piles of uh, reeds because you could feed it to elephants, right? Rashbag says, The reason why he only lets moving the broken pieces of glass and he doesn't let moving piles of reeds is because people often have ostriches, but no one usually has a elephant. The Gemara doesn't like that. Says that this thing that you're allowed to move broken pieces of glass, assuming it's not a danger for a little child, is the guy has to have be raising ostriches. But if he's not raising ostriches, according to 
a maimar, you're not allowed to move broken glass just because someone might pass by with an ostrich. Amar of Ashi la maimar, so Ashi does a maimar. Ela tika amar le Rav Natan le Roshbag chavilin zimirot itatel mleshu maachal lepilin iit lepilin. Amar lo. When Rav Natan told Roshbag, oh, if so, you should be allowed to move piles of reeds because it's food for elephants. You want to claim that that's only... You want to claim also that's only if you have an elephant? Why would anyone think you can't? If you have a, if you have an elephant in your backyard and these are its food, why would you not be able to feed your elephant? Of course you have to be able to feed your elephant. So why would Rashbag be coming to say? It must be Rashbag is really saying... Must be Rashbag is saying that you're allowed to move it. You should be allowed to move it because maybe someone else has an elephant. Hachanami, so too, when Rashbag allows the broken glass for the ostrich, it should be also Ra'ui, even if you don't have an ostrich, just because it's fit for an ostrich. I'm an Abaya. Abaya says, Rashbag, Rishmon, Rishmael, Be'ekiva. All these rabbis hold that Jews are inherently like princes. And since they're inherently like princes, the rabbis can allow things that only princes do because every Jew is fit to do it anyway. One of the examples, Rashbag Hadamran. Rashbag is the fact that he allows to feed, um, to, he, Rashbag allows you to move the loof for the orev, for a raven, even though most Jews don't have ravens, you're allowed to move it because he holds every Jew is fit for it. So you see that he holds the Jews are inherently princes. Rabbi Shimon, because he says that we said this before. The Shimon watered the 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 rose oil. Um, we said it was very expensive, but yet we said in the Mishnah. That it could be mutar to move if you're a prince, because because people, if you're princes, they used to, used to use it to oil themselves. And Rabbi Shimon says that all Jews are bnei melachim, and therefore everyone's allowed to use shemen vered. And therefore, you see that he holds that Jews are automatically allowed to do anything that a rich person would do. And Rabbi Shmael and Rabbi Kiva, we learned in the Brayta, the Tanya, Hayushlem Noshimbo Elif Maneh. Let's say a guy borrowed $1,000 and he's wearing a $1,000 suit or a $100 suit and he doesn't have money to pay. Betin will take off his fancy suit according to this first Tanakama's opinion because you have a fancy suit. One of the things Betin will take away from you just like they'll take away your car, they'll also take away your fancy suit and give you a suit that you, that's fitting you, that's fit for your financial standing. And Betin can take away your clothes. Every Jew is a king, and therefore he's fitting for those clothes. And we don't look at it, oh, you, you owe money, what do you have those clothes for? We let you wear whatever clothes you're wearing. And if so... We see again that every Jew is like a prince. Says the Gemara further. We said 
eats and zadim, you're allowed to move these bundles if you got it ready for ma'achal behema. Tanu Rabbanan, chavalei kashe chavalei tzim, chavalei zadim, im itkina lemachal behema mitaltin anoda. If you got it ready for animal feed, then you can move it. Vim lav em tatim avna iket. Rashbag omer, According to Rashbag, you only allowed to move these bundles if and when, if and when it can be moved with one hand. But if you need two hands to move it, so it's a big bundle, you can't move it. Says These are different types of grasses. If if you put it aside as woods, which means you can play it, use it as firewood for kindling. Right? And then you can't use on Shabbat because Mukseh. And Ma'achal Be'ema, but if you set aside for animal food, then you can. Another rule, V'kotem B'yad V'ochel V'achlo Yiktom B'keli. You're allowed to take off and knock it off with your hand and eat them. It seems like these are edible grasses. As long as you don't do it with a special keli, because during the week you use a keli, you have to do it in a different way. Right? Mecholel veochel. You're allowed to scrape it off and eat it. As long as you don't do a lot in a keli. You can only do it with your fingertips. You can take it off with your fingertips. That's a, that's an, I guess that's an abnormal way, according to them. According to them, you're not allowed to do it with your hand a lot. The first rabbi was saying you can't do it with a keli. Here you can do it with your hand a lot, but a little stricter. Also, all these are with, true with all spices. My amita, what is amita that we were talking about that you can only do with your hand lightly? My amita, nina, that's that's nana, um, which of course we all know is spearmint. Sia, citri, ezov abarta. Hisap. Kornit, Kornita Shema. Kornit is Kornita. Yesma Baha, Bahu da Amale, Man by Kornit, Vashkik Hashi. How can you say Kornit is Kornita? We see that it's Hashi, whatever these things are. Ela, Sia, Sitri. Rather, we're going to change it. Sia is Sitri, like we said. Ezov is Abrita with Hisap, like we said. And Kornit is really Hashi, beautiful. Itmar, we learned salted meat, meat that's been salted, all meat that we get is always salted first in order to take out all the blood. So, basad maliach, if you have salted meat, you're allowed to move it on Shabbat. Basad tafel, if you have unsalted meat, you can move it. And we always hear and yet Rav and therefore why would you let you move it yes when it comes to Muxa he holds like a
So our question here was, how could you say he holds like He holds like Rabbi Shimon that you're allowed to move it. Doesn't he hold like Rabbi Uda that it's asur? And we're answering when it comes to Muksef from moving. He holds like Rabbi Shimon, but he's stricter about eating. By eating, he holds like Rabbi Uda. We one time they came to his house and they saw this duck meat that was being moved from the sun to the shade so it doesn't get spoiled in the heat. So Chista says the reason why we're allowed to move it is because otherwise it gets spoiled. That means that Chista is letting move meat that's unsalted. And how can we say over here it's not allowed to move it? Says when it comes to duck meat, duck meat can be eaten. It's fit to be chewed. Since it's soft meat, people would eat raw duck meat. Therefore, since people would eat raw duck meat, you're allowed to move it even though it wasn't salted. Tysus learns over here that unsalted meat is allowed to be moved, is allowed to be eaten raw, even though there's blood in it. Normally, when we say that we have to. Um, you have to salt the meat. That's assuming that you are going to cook it in the in in this pot, and therefore all the blood will come out of the meat when they're cooking. But if you're planning to eat it raw, even though there's blood in it, that blood is mutar to eat the meat. You're allowed to eat raw meat. We see this from here that the bar abza that the duck was fit, being that it was soft meat, it was fit to be eaten. How can it be fit, fit to be eaten? I thought you have to take out the blood. You see, you're allowed to eat. You're allowed to chew raw meat. And the blood that you might swallow is not a problem. It's only a problem if it leaves the, the the dead body. In other words, if you cut a piece of meat off the duck and then you would put it in a pot and boil the pot, then the, 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 the boiling will draw the blood out of the duck. That that blood's asur. But the blood in the duck as you chew it is not is not asur. You're allowed to move a salted fish. Because you can eat it raw, like lox, I guess, or salted fish. Dag tafel, but raw fish, I saw the Lord, you can't move it. And basad, ben tafel, ben malich, whether it's raw or whether it's salted, you're allowed to move it because you could also, you would, even though you can't eat, bite into a piece of raw steak, but you could feed it to an animal, and therefore it's not mukseh. That's going to be Shimon. Tana Rabbanan. Metatlin ta'atzamot m'reshu ma'achal klabim. You're allowed to move bones, because you can feed them to your dog. Barsatafuch, you're allowed to move raw meat, because you feed it to, a, to an animal. Mayim migulim, you're allowed to have, you're allowed to move Exposed water, which is suspected it was that it has snake venom, you're still allowed to move that water, even though you can't use it to, to feed to your animals because they'll die. Still, unless you're eating the chatul, if you have a cat, it's good because cats are immune to snake poison. According to Rashbag, you would not be able to move it 
because we won't even let you keep it for a second. We're afraid that someone might drink it by mistake and get hurt, and therefore it's not allowed to be left around. Says the Gemara. Midadin agalim v'sayachim. I'm sorry, we skipped. We're up to the Mishnah. Brand new Mishnah on the top of Kachach Amurbet. Kuf Chalchet Amurbet. This is the Mishnah. Kofir Zalaf Nef Rochim Kedesh Yeluv Yerdu. You're allowed to put a basket in front of little chicks that are born in order they can go up and go down and enter their chicken coop. Even though the Chicks are mukseh. They were born on Shabbat. They're still, you're allowed to help them by putting something in front of them. Tanigol Shabbatcha. If you have a um, a roost, a, a hen that runs away, dochin ota ach techness the bite. You're allowed to push it and push it and push it with your hands till it goes on its own into the house. You're not moving into the house. Because if you leave it on the street, it can get eaten or get get run over. Midadin agilin v'sayachim. You're allowed to help a baby cow or a baby donkey to get it to walk. Now you help it by holding its its neck or the sides, and you help it move its feet. Normally, these babies are born not able to walk so well. If you if you it's in a situation where you have to move it. You could hold its side and allow it to walk. It's called medadim. Isha medadadmana. A woman could also hold her son's arms and move and allow her son to move its legs in public property. Okay. She could only do it, of course, if the child is moving his legs. This way he's walking, you're helping him walk. But if the child is dragging, his leg, doesn't want to walk, and you're pulling him, then you're carrying him. That's Asur. So the kid has to be moving his legs, then you could help by holding his hands. Says the Gemara. If you have an animal that fell into a stream of water, you could bring pillows and put it under it. And if it climbs up on the pillows and gets out, great, it got out. So you know, you're not moving it, but you're putting the stuff in front of it. We ask the question, There's another bright that says that if an animal falls in, you can bring it food where it is, let it stay there all till after Shabbat, and then pull it out. So it sounds like only you can, you can only bring food, you can't bring pillows to, to get it out. If you're able to bring the Parnassah to him, then you have to bring Parnassah. If you're not able to, then you ought to bring the Karmzot. How you to bring the stuff there? We said you're not allowed to yeah, you can't cause the the pillows which were usable to become unusable. Rav must hold that putting these pillows out of commission for Shabbat is a surdirabanan. Which we said last time, we said that, of course, it's like you nailed it in. It's a surdirabanan. 
And Sabalachim Deoraita and hurting animals is a is a Deoraita rule. We learn it from unloading animals that it's the Deoraita rule. Ati Doraita Vidahi Drabanan. So the Doraita of Sabalachim pushes off the Batel Klimekanom de Rabanan. So we said in the Mishnah, if you have a hand that ran away, how come I can't let that help the hand by holding its wings and helping it walk? How come I have to push it? Why can't I just help it walk like I did all the other animals? Tanina, the fact that we can't, is a proof to the rule of the, of a brighter. The brighter says, you can help walk a off. Bachatzer in a in a courtyard. but not a hen. Why not? My time on the why no hens. Why we discriminate against hens and saying that they have to be pushed and not assisted to walk by holding their wings. Amar says the reason is because when you hold its sides and you help it walk it picks up its legs it expects you to carry him and therefore it's common that when you hold its uh, a hen's legs since they're going to pick up its leg you're going to end up carrying him and then you'll be over there so we don't let you move we only help the animals that help themselves not the hens that try, don't try to help themselves because then you'll be carrying Tani Chada we learned in one brayta. You learn to help the animals to walk in a chater, but not in shudabim. A woman can help her son walk even in shudabim. Of course, she can do it in a chater. Another brayta says, "You can't pick them up in a chater." Push him, she can go into the house. You have a contradiction of implications over here. Martha, you said, you're not allowed to pick it up. That sounds like you're allowed to, you're allowed to help it walk. Then it says you're allowed to push it, which sounds like pushing is okay. But you can't help it walk. We're trying to figure out, can you help it walk or not? From the ratio, it sounds like you can, and the safe says like you can't. Amar be seifa ata anatanagot. That means that the end is only talking about anatanagot. The reason why you're not allowed to do it is talk, the safe is talking about anatanagot. The hen, where we said before that they pick up their legs. Amar be haiman de shechit anatanagot. If it's on yom tov and you're slaughtering a hen, if you look at it, make sure to pick up their feet from the floor. Inami or Nidael Luhu Midal or lift him up. Dilma Manachlu the Trufa Aramabiel that stick its claw in the ground. And that will pull out the, that will pull out the trachea and the and the windpipe for, during the Shikita process and cause it to be taref. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen. We'll start from the Mishnah tomorrow.